It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. This is Locked On Cougars for November 19th, 2018. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on this podcast, which is your daily source for all things BYU news. We'll be talking about BYU's win over New Mexico State. They're now bowl eligible. We'll break that down here in the first segment, get you some of the thoughts I had after the game, as well as some of the comments from players and coaches after the game as well. We'll also break down BYU's dominant win in hoops over the weekend against Alabama A&M. Have the Cougars found that shooting stroke I've been hoping to see? Maybe they did. We'll talk about it. And we'll also catch up on the other teams and how they performed over the weekend as well in quick hits as we close out today's show. We are brought to you today by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, your best bet along the Wasatch Front to take care of all your pest control needs. We'll tell you about that company here in a moment. Also brought to you today by our good friends at Sling TV. All right, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for November 19th, 2018. Bushman to Twins left. Twins right, toss left, Hadley. Hadley's got the line to gain, stays in bounds, goes down the inside line, cuts it back in, 25, 20, 15, 10, he's going to go! 10 by touchdown, Matt Hadley! And the Cougars take the lead! 40-yard run for Hadley. Lopini Katoa now in for Burke to the right hip of Wilson, takes the chest-high snap, gives to Lopini, Lopini right up the middle, and right into the end zone! Lopini Katoa once again! 27-7, BYU with the PAT pinning. They keep on rolling. The handoff to Lopini. He runs it left off tackle left and back into the end zone. His home for the night. That's four touchdowns for Lopini Katoa. And BYU goes up 44-10. There you go, some of the highlights from BYU's win Saturday night over New Mexico State. Thank you to the BYU Sports Network for allowing me to play those highlights. Greg Rebell does a great job on the call. Lopini Katoa, four touchdowns on the night as BYU rolls up a season high, 317 rushing yards. Fantastic to see BYU's offensive explosion. They should have been over 50 points. They had a first and goal at the one, threw an interception that Tanner Mangum tossed up. So BYU likely could have had 50 or more points in this game, but it ends up being a 45-10 game. BYU now bowl eligible, though, and that's one of their stated goals. So congratulations to Kalani Satake and his team. They are returning to the postseason after missing the postseason a year ago. And that's nothing to sniff at, BYU fans. I know that Utah State and Utah are enjoying incredible seasons. Definitely in the mix in their respective conferences for conference titles, New Year's Six bowl games, etc., but where BYU was at a year ago at 4-9, and nine, to see them return to bowl eligibility just a year later with a team that is extremely young should be gratifying to you as a BYU fan, at least in my opinion as your host here on this podcast. Uh, the Cougars Saturday night struggled once again to get going early. I don't get it. I don't see what the issue is because it's just one of those things that doesn't make sense to me. You should come out and get going, especially against a team like New Mexico State. One of the worst rush defenses in the country, statistically speaking. And BYU comes out on the first drive and throws three straight passes, goes three and out. 
punts, punts it away. New Mexico State actually gets on the board first, leads this game 7-0. Just a slow start once again for BYU. I don't understand it. Senior offensive lineman Austin Hoyt was asked after the game by Jay Drew of the Salt Lake Tribune about the slow starts, and here's what he had to say. That's a great question. <laughs> That's one I've been thinking about towards the end of the game. I think just, I think what something we could really work on is just being really excited going out on that first drive. Sometimes I think we feel a little bit flat. So I think just trusting our assignments, really trusting our teammates and going out and just playing it with a high level of energy will really help with that. How in the world as a college football player, as you're chasing bowl eligibility, do you come out flat? Football is supposed to be fun. Teams are supposed to come out and play football because they enjoy it. And you you admit that you guys come out flat to start games. That doesn't make sense to me. BYU's got to get that corrected because a game like coming up this week against your arch rival Utah in the Holy War, if you come out slow in this game, you'll be buried and dead early against the Utes. Utah is playing extremely well. Some BYU fans thought a week ago when the news came that Tyler Huntley was out for the season, followed shortly thereafter that Zach Moss was done for the year, that BYU would stand a good chance. Well, Jason Shelley and Armand Shine have just shown that they can absolutely light it up, and they have not missed a beat. The Utes pummeled Colorado 30-7, to combined with a win for Oregon over Arizona State, gave Utah the Pac-12 South Division title. So the Utes are going to be headed to the Pac-12 championship game. Will they they overlook BYU in this game coming up this week ahead to that conference championship game. I'm not betting on it. Kyle Whittingham is going to make sure his guys are focused on this game. Kyle understands the importance of maintaining control of this rivalry, also maintaining control of in terms of quote-unquote running the state in college football with the win over BYU, and his guys will be ready to go. If Utah overlooks BYU in this game, that's foolish on their part, and their head coach will do everything within his power to have his guys avoid doing that. Getting back to this New Mexico State game, though, you cannot have slow starts. I don't get coming out flat. That is a bad soundbite in terms of what Austin Hoyt had to say there, but it gives us an insight into what he thinks about these slow starts, and they've got to correct that. We're 11 games into the season for BYU. You've got one more regular season game, and as of Saturday night, you are now bowl eligible, and you'll be playing at least one more game in the postseason. So you have two more games to get things right, send the seniors out on a high note, and hopefully the young Bucks, the, the freshmen and sophomores on this team that have played significant roles this year and helping BYU to their 6-5 and five record, they can get things corrected and come out and get a fast start. I don't understand why BYU starts slow, and if you're coming out flat, what's being said in the locker room, what's being said by your team captains to get this team fired up, I don't know, but they've got to get that figured out. Now, let's talk about some of the positives here. Lopini Katoa, 19 carries, 155 yards, 8.2 yard per carry average, and four touchdowns. He had a long run of 50 yards on the night. That was awesome to see. I have proclaimed for a long time now here on this podcast that Lopini Katoa is the future of the BYU running back position, and he did nothing to dissuade BYU fans Saturday night. Uh, Another guy to keep an eye on, Riley Burt. 
raise the echoes once again of why doesn't this guy get more action? He definitely has a burst on the edge. I'm not sure why he gets such limited action for BYU. He is going to be a senior next year. I wonder if during this offseason he'll consider transferring elsewhere where he can play a little bit more or if the coaches will keep him in the fold with the promise that they'll work him into the game plan more often. I don't know which way it'll turn, but he is a guy that definitely has potential as well as a guy in Tyler Algier. A 44-yard run that got BYU that first and goal at the one late in the game with Tanner Mangum at quarterback before the interception. I think Algier was a massive pickup as a preferred walk-on for BYU out of the, the Inland Empire there in Fontana, California. He's going to be on scholarship before too long. And a guy like him, along with Lopini Katoa, and if BYU is able to add a Juco running back in this upcoming recruiting class, you could have quite the running back group sitting there in Provo and could be very good for BYU going forward because, as I said, Algier, a true freshman, Lopini Katoa, a redshirt freshman, and if you can get a Juco running back to kind of complement those two, BYU could definitely be in business next year along with the added benefit of if Riley Burt sticks around. Talking about Zach Wilson, had a rough start to this game, was one of eight for just eight yards after the first quarter, part of that slow start for BYU. He rallied, finished the game 12 of 26 for 172 yards, and not his best performance, but it was good to see him pick things up as along with the team as they started to get rolling in the second quarter as they rolled up a bunch of yards there and then on, on into the second half. Uh, he made way for Tanner Mangum late in this game. It was good to see Mangum out on the field, have a chance to uh, play a little bit on senior night. He did have that interception that was just a not a well-thrown ball. It was just kind of a duck that got up in there in the air. A New Mexico State defender comes down with it. His first pass, though, was on point. It was great pass. So you'd have the good with the bad once again with Tanner Mangum. But I thought, all in all, Zach Wilson, another... Uh, Steady performance, rallied. That was the biggest thing I took away from Zach Wilson was his ability to overcome a slow start, an absolutely horrendous start, one of eight, like I said, and finish just under 50%, 172 yards. BYU didn't need him to do a lot as they did rush for that season high, 317 yards. But like I said, it was good to see him uh, come out and have have a good day. In terms of receivers, the tight ends were the leading receivers. Seven receptions between Dallin Holker and Matt Bushman. Holker caught four catches for 76 yards. Matt Bushman, three for 57. Both of them averaging 19 points. Not, not 19 points. 19 yards per reception. And it was good to see both of them having productive nights. They're kind of the last two guys outside of a converted offensive lineman in Addison Pulsifer who are healthy and able to play tight end for BYU. So going into this game against Utah this week, they're going to make sure that both of those players stay healthy because as it stands right now, the loss on on the defensive side of the ball of Corbin Kafusi, who was announced uh, in pregame on Saturday that he is done for the year with an injury. It looks like a foot or an ankle because his right foot was in a boot. 
and he is done for the year. BYU needs as many playmakers on the field Saturday against Utah as they can get. And to see Dallin Holker, Matt Bushman stepping up in this game against New Mexico State should help BYU. Uh, defensively, the loss of Corbin Kafusi I thought was going to be a massive hit for BYU, and it did affect the Cougars. Uh, their pass rush struggled early in this game, but it rallied once they kind of adjusted to what New Mexico State was going to do. Sione Takitaki and Diangon Woluku led the Cougars with six tackles apiece. Uh, Takitaki added a sack as well as two tackles for loss and a quarterback hurry. So another star performance for Takitaki. They used him kind of in that role that Corbin Kafusi had played as kind of that spy rush end guy who kind of moves around at the at begin, before the snap and then gets after the quarterback. And he wreaked havoc in the backfield, so it was good to see. I thought Trajan Peely had a decent game. He picked up a sack, as well as Devin Kafusi and Lorenzo Fawatea. Uh, BYU tied their season high with four sacks in the game. So I thought all in all, it was a good defensive performance. Another one in BYU's recent run of form on defense. But the real test comes this Saturday when they face off against the Utes. Jason Shelley, Armand Shine, and their cavalcade of wide receivers there for Utah. Samson Nakua, uh, Jalen Dixon, a great player in his own right. And of course, Britton Covey, who BYU fans will rue the day that he ended up up north at Utah. But such as life and BYU will have to go into Utah looking to pick up their seventh win. Uh, the nice part is BYU, they do have that monkey off their back. They are bowl eligible and now they can focus on the Utes. All right. Um, any other thoughts here? I'm just kind of looking at my notes. That's essentially it. I, I thought it was a good win for BYU. It's great to see them bowl eligible. It's looking more and more likely that BYU is going to be headed to the Surf Pro First Responder Bowl. That's the most frequently... Um, mentioned bowl game for BYU when you see these bowl projections it's going to be an interesting game if that is where BYU goes because if you're going to this going to go to BYU's bowl game this is a game the day after Christmas so December 26th uh, scheduled to kick off at 1 30 p.m eastern time that's 12 30 central time in Dallas where they'll play this game at the Cotton Bowl 11 30 a.m mountain time so if you're traveling for this for this game I'm not sure there's a flight early enough that'll get you to the DFW airport but maybe there is or you could be calling your great aunt Sally and saying hey I'm coming for Christmas we're going to hang out and I'm also going to go to a bowl game the day after check it out we'll keep you updated with any other bowl news as it comes but looking more and more likely that BYU is headed to Dallas Fort Worth the Metroplex where there are a lot of BYU fans and some great moments have come in BYU history none more so than the 2008 win over Oklahoma but BYU looking more and more likely that they're playing there I saw ESPN project them to play North Texas which is just up the road in Denton at the top end of the DFW Metroplex there and that'd be a fun game. Uh, Seth Luttrell, the coach there, runs the air raid system. Mason Fine is a quarterback from, I believe, from Oklahoma, who was a no-star recruit, but has put up crazy numbers in that offense, so it could be a fun game. But of course, we'll keep you updated with any news as it comes to bowl games, because BYU now bowl eligible. All right, we'll step aside here. We'll come back, talk some hoops next. Tell you a little bit about what happened with BYU and Alabama A&M in a 31-point win for the Cougars. Good to see them kind of get back to shooting well, and we'll talk about that next. Right now, I want to tell you about today's title sponsor on the show, and that is our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. They have a singular focus on dealing with all pests. 
spiders, mice, katydids, grasshoppers, whatever you got, they'll come out and make sure you're taken care of. Even if you have termite issues, they're here to make sure that all of your pest control needs are met in a timely fashion and that they also don't come back. They're abated and they never come back to affect you. They service all of Utah County, Salt Lake County, up into Wasatch County, and even Davis and Weber counties if you need them. They have no contracts. They have to do one-time visits if that's what you prefer or if you want a quarterly system where they come out every three months, make sure your home is up to date with each season's hot spots when it comes to pests. They'll do that for you as well. They do an incredible job. I'd give them the highest recommendation I possibly could give you. Give them a call. 801-851-1812. Once again, All Guard Pest Control. 801-851-1812. Seth and his team are the best. Give them a call if you have any questions about pest control and they'll make sure you're taken care of. Once again, that's All Guard Pest Control. 801-851-1812. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. We are your daily source for all things BYU news, notes, interviews, and insider opinion with myself, Jay Catch, your host here. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. You can even tell your smart speakers, play podcasts Locked On Cougars, and you'll find us right there. Thanks for your support. Uh, BYU basketball, now 4-1 and one on the season. They've won four straight games after they absolutely demolished Alabama A&M 91-60 Saturday afternoon in the Marriott Center. It was the second game for the Cougars of the Men Against Breast Cancer Cougar Cup. Uh, Head coach Dave Rose said, quote, it was good to see our guys in a rhythm offensively. I think it was the best we've executed and finished for long periods of time this season. And I have to agree with them. If you've heard me talk last week, I've been wanting to see BYU shoot and just have a good shooting night. And I thought for the most part they did that. Uh, Didn't start out necessarily the hottest, but they did end up shooting 50% in the game. Actually, no, 50% for the first half, 50% for the second half. So BYU, 33 of 66 from the field, 8 of 22 from 3. Still a little bit lower percentage than you'd like to see in terms of the three-pointers. But the bigger note on that three-point field goal percentage is a 4 of 9 mark in the first half. 44%. BYU came out and was good from beyond the arc early in this game. That's what I enjoyed seeing. TJ Hawes, he has started this season extremely well. He was 9 of 12 on the night, 1 of 2 from 3, led the Cougars, led all scorers, I believe, in the game, yes, with 19 points on the night. Uh, Yoli Childs had his fifth straight double-double to start the season, 18 points and 12 rebounds. And then another guy who I've been waiting to see break out was Zach Selyus. He was 5 of 8 from 3 in this game, 15 points and 23 minutes of action. It was good to see him get going. Selyus, when he is on his game like we saw as a freshman but we didn't see a year ago is he can light up the scoreboard he is a clay thompson type of player gets going stays hot in a game and just shoots byu to a win i thought zach selius broke out in this game hopefully his run of form continues going forward 
I really liked what I saw from those three gentlemen. They were the three leading scorers for the Cougars. Hawes has been off to a great start this season, a very consistent player. And to see Celius break out, as well as the steady play of Yoli Childs, uh, is good news for the Cougars as they continue this homestand. Once again, a four-game winning streak here. Getting ready this week for a double dip. They'll face Rice Wednesday night at 7 o'clock at the Marriott Center. That game uh, will be televised on BYU TV. And then they'll face off against Houston in the final game of the Men Against Breast Cancer Cougar Cup Series. Uh, Houston and BYU were the two that put this together. That's why it's called the Cougar Cup because both of their mascots are the Cougars. Uh, Houston comes in on the heels a year ago of being an NCAA tournament team. So it's a big week for BYU. Stiffer competition in terms of just being facing off against Rice and Houston. And they're both longtime rivals of BYU. BYU played against Rice and Houston over the years. Of course, Houston being the alma mater of Dave Rose. He played on those famed five slam Jamma teams down there. So... Big week for BYU. Hopefully they can run this win streak to 6-1. and one. Head back out on the road the, this coming following week when they head to Illinois State with a 6-1 and one record. Uh, and have that six-game winning streak would be great to see. But it's a stiffer competition this week. Uh, another note I wanted to mention here was it was good to see BYU just control a game from, from start to finish. Of course, Alabama A&M, a SWAC team who is 0-4, they were overmatched in this game, and I get that. But BYU came out and took care of business. To the degree they were able to play, put guys like Evan Troy and Colby Lee into this game late. Uh, it was funny to see Colby Lee, a six foot nine, six ten big man, launch a three late in this game. Form didn't look bad, but he back rimmed it, got a little strong on the release. But it was funny to see BYU in control so heavily that Colby Lee feels the green light. Hey, hey guys, I'm going to shoot a three here. Let's see how it goes. Uh, like I said. Good night for BYU. Dave Rose, I'm in agreement with him to see them come out, his team come out, and play consistently and just absolutely dominate a game. For, the, for essentially the first time this year, was good to see, and BYU rolls to a 31-point victory. The funny thing was, I was sitting next to Mitch Harper, a good friend of mine, works in radio, also host, of, well, not host, but uh, managing editor of Cougar Sports Insider on the 24-7 Sports Network, and he was tracking it, and the the Vegas line on this game was 32 and a half points. So if you took the you took the points, you won money. Crazy see to, to see a 32 point line for BYU against Alabama A&M, but Vegas is very good at what they do, and that's why they continue to build bigger and better casinos all the time. All right, once again, BYU back in action later this week when they face off against Rice Wednesday night and Houston Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Tip once again as BYU plays football later that evening. They're moving the game up. So we'll keep you updated with news and notes with the BYU basketball program as that game approaches coming up later. These Those games coming up later this week. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back. Got to tell you about the other teams that were in action in terms of the BYU athletic department over the weekend. Did the cross-country teams come up with the big upsets and the national championships they were chasing? We'll tell you about that and more next. Before we do so, though, do need to tell you about our good friends at Sling TV, one of our proud sponsors here on Locked on Cougars. They are your best bet when you want to watch college football this season. If you want to see all the games you're missing, and that includes BYU or other teams, period, 
For just $30 a month, you get all the networks that Sling TV offers for sports. ESPN, Pac-12 Networks, SEC Network, and more. You can stream them on your big screen and, of course, take them with your mobile self on your phones or on your tablets. They move with you. And Sling TV has no useless channels, no long-term contracts, there are no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Locked on Cougars listeners, you can get a free seven-day trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Seven days to see if it's the right option for you. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. Once again, seven-day free trial with Sling TV by going to sling.com slash locked on. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. are Locked On Cougars, and we are your daily source for all things BYU news. And as we close out today's show, catching you up with the other BYU sports teams that were in action over the weekend, we'll start off with the top-ranked women's volleyball team. They improved to 27-0 and on the year, their 21st sweep of the season in a win over Pacific on Saturday, 25-17, 25-19, 25-17. The Cougars, excuse me, continue to get it done just incredible to see what this team is doing they're playing at a crazy high level and I would expect that BYU is going to be very tough out when it comes to the NCAA tournament coming up they're going to finish out the regular season hopefully undefeated for the first time in program history when they take on Loyola Marymount tomorrow night uh, November 20th it's at 8 o'clock mountain time uh game time. It'll be streamed live on the W.TV. We'll be we'll be rooting for BYU to close it out and go 28-0 as they get ready for the NCAA tournament. I would expect it would take a massive, massive collapse by the Cougars to not be 28-0 when it comes Wednesday. Another a great showing for the women's basketball team. They picked up a win over Eastern Washington Saturday, 80-65. to uh, Chalet Salmon led the Cougars once again with a career-high 14 points. They were 13 of 13 from the free-throw line. I'm a big free-throw snob. I won't lie when it comes to basketball. So it's good to see the Cougars 100% from the charity stripe. They're now 2-1 on the season. So congratulations to Jeff Judkins on the win there and his team. They're going to be in action in Logan tomorrow night against Utah State. That game's set for 7 o'clock. It'll be streamed on the MW.com, so the Mountain West Digital Network will be streaming this game. Uh, BYU should be favored to beat the Aggies in Logan, but we'll keep you updated with that game tomorrow. And then finally, the men's and women's cross-country teams were in action over the weekend at the National Championships. It looked absolutely frigid. They were in Madison, Wisconsin. Whoever the NCAA decided to say, hey, we're going to put a race that runs outside in Madison, Wisconsin in mid to late November. was a little bit crazy, but BYU went out, and the men's team, ranked number two in the country, been chasing northern Arizona all year long, looking to overcome that hurdle. 
unable to do so. They finished second place, which is absolutely respectable, but it's not the national title that BYU wanted. They matched their number two national ranking, and the Cougars finished the season on a very high note. Northern Arizona just a little too strong for BYU. Uh, Connor Mance did a great job leading the Cougars in that. It was their best finish in school history with a 116-point performance, leading to that second-place finish. They had four All-Americans named for Coach Stone on the men's side of things, and not to discount what the women did either. The women ranked number nine entering the national championship, actually bested their national ranking by two spots. They finished seventh place for the women, so congratulations to the women team on finishing strong here. Uh, Diljeet Taylors uh, had two top ten finishes in her three years at BYU with this seventh place finish. It's the highest finish for the women's team since taking second place in 2003. Also had multiple uh, multiple All-Americans for the first time since 2003 as well. So all in all, a very strong season for the men's and women's cross-country teams. Unfortunately, neither of them came home with a national title trophy, but the men's team does have that national runner-up trophy and multiple All-American awards to hang their hat on. So congratulations to both the men's and women's cross-country teams on a job well done this season. A lot of these athletes will be distance runners for the track team during the winter and spring months, so we'll keep you updated as that draws closer as well. All right, that's the show for today. We'll be back tomorrow recapping what Kalani Satake had to say about Rivalry Week. It is Holy War Week. Feel free to reach out with any thoughts, concerns, comments, trash talk, whatever you got for me. You can send that to me on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch is my personal Twitter feed. The show is at Locked on Cougars. You can find us on Facebook as well, Locked on Cougars there. And of course, if you have any questions that you'd like to send in via email or if you are interested in advertising with us. We'd love to have you guys on board. If your company's looking for a new way to reach customers, you could be mentioned on our podcast each and every day. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on their podcast. Our demographic is heavily skewed towards males with more education and earning potential than traditional media audiences. So if you want to have your company sponsor Locked On Cougars and reach these customers, email me at lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Once again, that's LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning into the show. Tuesday show tomorrow, getting you ready for Rivalry Week. We're done looking back in New Mexico State. We're getting ready for Holy War Week. We'll be breaking it down for you. Today's show brought to you once again by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. All of your pest control needs can be handled by this company. Give them a call, 801-851-1812. Also brought to you today by Sling TV. And thank both of those companies for their continued support here on the podcast. Have a great day. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Monday, and we'll be back tomorrow. This has been Locked on Cougars for November 19th, 2018. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.